And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! Do you or someone you know suffer from poor circulation, shortness of breath, or chest pains? Are you looking for a more natural solution to help overcome these problems? People tell us that after just a few months taking Extendivite, their doctors have noticed unexplainable improvements in their overall health. For more information, visit heartdrop.com or call 1 877 928 8822. And tell them Nighthawk sent you, because if you call this number and tell them Nighthawk sent you, you'll get $5 off your first order at ExtendedBite.com. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. everybody <laughs> welcome to the sacred matrix on revolution radio at revolution.radio and i'm your host janica lesson and my co-host is dr sasha alex lesson our producer is thomas becker and today we're going to talk to ray hernandez who's one of the four co-founders of free which is the edgar dr edgar mitchell foundation for research into extraterrestrial encounters that's a mouthful. The other three co-founders are the late Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Dr. Rudy Shield, an emeritus professor of astrophysics at Harvard University, and an Australian experiencer researcher, Mary Rodwell. And then the executive director of Free is Dr. Rudy Shield. So Ray and his entire family have had conscious physical contact with non-human intelligence in their family home. All the family members have also had various contact with large UFOs, one time with a football stadium-sized craft that was at a distance of only 30 feet from Ray, his daughter, and three adult witnesses, which hovered in silence over them for more than 45 minutes. His family has also had 
numerous paranormal experiences and all these contacts began in the march in march of 2012 and before these experiences ray was ignorant of ufos et contact and the paranormal and he was an atheist a material rationalist but now he's now a deeply spiritual person that has been completely transformed by his experiences so ray has been with us a number of times before and his latest book is beyond ufos the science of consciousness and contact with non-human intelligence this is volume one and it's an 820 page book so there's more to come and we're going to be talking about his book today and his experiences and uh we usually reconnect with ray about once a year now dr lesson was trying to get on um is he on did he manage to get on um, he made um, it he got Oh, he, there you here. are, sweetheart. Hi, <laughs> hi, dear. What would you like to say before we bring on Ray? Yeah, sure. You know, you got to get it that Ray has been tapped as an ambassador of the uh, extraterrestrials who overall have been telling experientials, uh, experiencers, where we love you, we're here to support you. Uh, to help you have a, a life of peace and, and, and love. And uh, we are your friends. And uh, Ray has proven this, that that's what the experiences have gotten again and again and again, overwhelmingly. And so he's, it's like, and, but Ray has put it out in a form with the kind of scientific study that makes people that can't ignore data have to deal with this evidence. Okay, Ray, I'll tell you all about it. Welcome to our show, Ray. What's been happening since last we spoke? Well, um, finally, I've gotten invitations to to speak at um, at some conferences. <clears throat> um, this is the first year that we're actually being invited to some major conferences. Uh, so that's item number one. Item number two is that we're working on a um, a very comprehensive uh, documentary. It's a science-based documentary, and I'll discuss more detail about it later on. And then we're also working on a two-volume book um, titled uh, Beyond uh, Materialism, The Science of Consciousness in Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. Our first book, Beyond UFOs, The Science of Consciousness in Contact with Non-Human Intelligence, um, focus primarily on experiencers of UFO-related contact experiences. This second book is going to be a theoretical book. It's going to be a book that's going to have 30 authors. Half of them will be um, retired academics for the most part, and, uh, and the other uh, half will be non-academic researchers and experiencers um, presenting their hypotheses, their opinion as to what the hell is going on. <laughs> and I'll get into more of those details uh, later on. But basically, for example, uh, Dr. John Klima, who is uh, 76 years old, <clears throat> one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the very few academic professors that was a tenured professor researching the paranormal. He's written hundreds of uh, articles on um, on UFOs, on experiencers, on NDEs, LBE experiencers, on consciousness, on ghosts and spirits, on the death process, et cetera, et cetera, and has published three major uh, books on the paranormal. 
and um and and he's you know had a brain surgery um over the last uh, nine months is recovering so i basically the way it started off is i went to him i said look john you know you're 76 years old you're not doing very well um I would hate to lose all the information that's inside that you've accumulated over years with your brain. You know, I know that you've been uh, writing a lot of articles uh, touching this whole topic on the periphery about what is the relationship between consciousness, uh, our cosmology, and contact with non-human intelligence via the contact modalities. And these are all the different ways that humans are piercing the veil and having contact with non-human intelligence. I said, what I would like for you to do, if at all possible, is to write a comprehensive uh, article uh, to be uh, read by the late person, but written in an academic serious tone that will present um, your theory, your hypothesis as that might explain this relationship. And so, um, and uh, he accepted it. And then after that, I started asking a whole bunch of other um, individuals from, um, from uh, numerous arenas, uh, mainly academics, um, for example, Dean Radin, Raymond Moody, Larry Dossi, Dr. Claude Swan, who's a PhD physicist, um, um, Dr. Gary Schwartz, a professor at the, uh, the Center for Consciousness Studies at the University of Arizona, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and everyone's agreed. So that's the, the, the second major project uh, uh, in addition to the uh, the documentary, <clears throat> that's wonderful. So, what are we finding? <laughs> what is well, going what, on? What, what I want to be able to do is to tell it to the audience members is to um, go over the research data from the free experience of research study, uh, which uh, okay. Sasha was alluding to a little bit earlier. Uh, this is um, the information that's in our hundred eight hundred twenty page book. Uh, just to okay. uh, give a, f a foundation for this, okay. Uh, our uh, five-year academic research study uh, was the world's first comprehensive, multi-language, statistical, academic research study on UFO-related contact experiences. And there's also a qualitative component to it as well, besides the 600 uh, quantitative questions. We also asked 70 open-ended questions. So before our research study, um, there was um, a very little uh, academic uh, literature, especially academic uh, statistical literature, on the phenomenon of UFO-related contact experiences. What you had was basically David Jacobs um, uh, hypnotically regressing 200 people in his living room, asking a whole series of leading questions. You had Bud Hopkins, mm -hmm. the same thing, working with approximately 200 people that he hypnotically requests, again, with, with his own particular perspective that uh, this phenomenon was, uh, uh, was quite negative. And uh, if I could just add also, David Jacobs has publicly stated numerous times that he's never met an experiencer with a positive experience. Okay. Right. So that just tells you right there how biased <laughs> this man is and mm -hmm. just, you know, I can't see how Richard Dolan holds this man out as being the leading researcher in this phenomenon. Okay, <laughs> I mean, uh, you, gotta really have I. A skewed, you really have to have a skewed mind to, and a lot of uh, goal to be able to say this publicly. You know, 
to his listeners. But anyway, you know, Ray, um, we, it, it, yeah. Ray, Ray, it may be that, uh, that Dolan and Jacobs are, are getting uh, paid from the same source. Well, there's lots of speculation from that. Um, uh, no one that participated in our research study um, uh, uh, makes a living out of this. Okay, um, I'm, I'm a full-time uh, tax attorney. Okay, Rudy Shields is a retired professor of astrophysics. Dr. John Clean was a retired uh, professor of psychology. So we, uh, we don't make our living going around these lecture circuits like some of these folks. Um, right. Yeah. Getting back to this, yeah. Getting back to, to this topic again. Okay. Um, what what, uh, what had happened was this whole field was established. The whole mindset for this field was established, you know, originally with, with, with Lee Strieber, with Camus, okay, which is a very horrific book about these experiences. But if you look at Whitley Strieber now, uh, Whitley Strieber is now Mr. Love and Light, okay? Um, in a recent interview that he did with me, he personally gave thanks to God that this experience has happened to him because it totally transformed him into and awakened him to a new reality and to the, the human being that he is now. And he said it would have never happened if it wasn't for these experiences, which he initially viewed as horrific and negative, but now he views as deeply spiritual. And that's one of the findings that we have in our research study. Okay? And um, so, and then you had Hopkins and Jacobs. Uh, these were the three people that were circulating in all these UFO conferences, all these radio shows. You know, uh, all the internet was all written about uh, uh, the works that they have done. So that's the mindset that we had to overcome when we did this research study. Okay. Also, everyone viewing this phenomenon as primarily abduction research. Okay. It was even titled abduction research. Okay. Well, what happened over the years? Kathy Martin changed the name of Ufan's uh, 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 section that she headed from alien abduction research. To experiencer research. Why? Because Kathy Martin is also an experiencer, and she, over the years, views these experiences not as evil aliens, but as something totally transformative, and over the long run, from the experiencer positive. Okay? And so, uh, we had no idea what, what the data was going to reveal. Okay? No one had any preconceived notions. Okay. We had individuals that were uh, uh, over nine months were developing these questions and the research methodology, which, uh, by the way, Dr. John Klimo uh, was the chair of our research committee. And John Klimo, um, he was uh, uh, taught research methodology, quanti uh, qualitative research methodology for over 40 years. So if there's going to be someone who's going to be in charge of this, this man taught uh, research methodology to PhD students, Okay. And he's chaired over 250 PhD dissertations. So uh, Sasha knows what the hell I'm talking about. This is not just some person off the street, you know, that's doing this. And so what right. we did is we, we added to that team uh, people like Leo Sprinkle, people like Barbara Lamb, people like Kathy Martin, people like Mary Rodwell, okay? Um, people like Giorgio Piacenza, who has a master's in consciousness studies, who himself has been an experiencer for uh, uh, more than 40 years from Peru. And, uh, and so it was the, the academics, uh, Dr. Gamichel, Dr. Rudy Shields, Dr. Claude Swanson, Dr. Bob Davis, um, uh, Dr. John Klimo, et cetera, et cetera, uh, uh, um, Dean Radin, Dr. Dean Radin, all of these individuals from the very beginning working with the researchers that had their 
boots in the ground, okay? To, okay, if we're going to be doing this study, how do we do this and what questions do we ask? So, um, so what, what I want to be able to do is uh, talk a little bit about the research study, the methodology, and, um, and, and where do we go from here. Uh, uh, in terms of terminology, um, we, use, uh, we prefer the term UAP instead of UFO because with the term UFO, um, that's come to, to be identified with a physical object in the sky, with a saucer, with a craft, okay? With the UAP, it signals a whole diversity of um, a phenomenon in the sky. It can be orbs. It can be, you know, a huge conglomeration of illuminated light. Uh, and by the way, that's what the majority of people are seeing. They're not seeing these physical uh, objects, these flying saucer objects. They're seeing almost everything but that. So we prefer the term UAP. However, uh, I'll use the term interchangeably. Uh, we also, instead of the word ET, and ET has come to be known as extraterrestrial, something from this universe, from this uh, 3D reality, our preference is non-human intelligence. The reason for that is because we really, th this is an extremely complex phenomenon, and we don't know... <coughs> Excuse me, whether it's terrestrial and interdimensional, uh, uh, intradimensional, uh, but we speculate that uh, this is an uh, interdimensional phenomenon. So that's why we use the term non-human intelligence. As I um, mentioned earlier, there are four co-founders of this organization. Um, the executive director of FREE, one of the co-founders, is Dr. Rudy Shields, who is an emeritus professor of astrophysics at Harvard uh, University. He was a close associate of, of the late uh, professor of psychiatry, Dr. John Mack, one of the pioneers in the field. And uh, he is also the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Cosmology. In other words, he's one of the leading academic scholars um, in astrophysics. Um, for over 40 years, he was associated with Harvard University. The other co-founder really needs no introduction is uh, the late uh, Apollo 14 astronaut, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon and the father of ION, the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is the world's leading premier um, academic research institute that's studying ESP and consciousness and also energy healing as well. And, um, and also he's uh, probably the father of the UFO disclosure movement. And for the last 40 years, Edgar uh, devoted uh, to studying human consciousness, psychic and paranormal phenomenon, in search of uh, a common ground between science and, and spirit. And uh, also, Edgar was very much interested in promoting friendly relations with what he called uh, ETs. Okay, and he's publicly stated that. And then the other co-founder is um, uh, Mary Rodwell, which uh, both of you know. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I apologize. Mary is a certified okay. uh, psychologist, a therapist. Uh, originally from the United Kingdom, now residing in Australia. And she's one of the world's leading researchers on UFO-related contact experiencers. And she has uh, supported more than 3,000 uh, individuals. And um, she was also a member of our research committee from the very beginning and, uh, uh, and directed our free support uh, uh, committee as well. Um, other key players that I mentioned before are Dr. John Clemo. I talked a little bit about his background professor for 40 years, uh, researched primarily the paranormal, 
uh, chair of our research committee. He chaired over 250 PhD dissertations. And his most famous academic book, again, this is an academic book, was titled Channeling, which is translated to 18 languages. Other prominent members are Dr. Claude Swanson, a PhD physicist from Princeton University, and he's written uh, now three books on the paranormal uh, and consciousness, and now his last book on spirituality, all relating to the physics of this, the quantum physics of it. He was a member of our board of directors from the very beginning. And um, uh, another prominent person is Kathy Martin, who I mentioned before. Kathy, just like Mary Rodwell, is one of the world's leading researchers on UFO-related contact experiences. Um, um, she's been associated with Free from the very beginning. Uh, she's the director of MUFON's Experiencer Research uh, Team and um, author of Captured, the Benny and Barney Hill UFO Experience. Science was wrong with... Uh, with uh, Stan Friedman and also the alien abduction files with Denise Stoner. And um, Kathy Martin recently came out public at our free conference here in Miami this past uh, September that she was uh, a major experiencer. She detailed uh, her experiences. And then uh, one last person that I want to mention, even though there's many, is uh, Dr. Dean Raven, who's been an advisor to Free from the very beginning. And as I said before, he is uh, the lead scientist at the Institute for Noetic Sciences, which is the premier institute that focuses on uh, ESP research uh, and consciousness. And he's written three books on consciousness. Uh, uh, they're titled uh, The Conscious Universe, Entangled Minds, Supernormal, and Real Magic. <clears throat> and um, so as you can see, this is a very high-profile team here. Um, this is not just uh, any Joe Schmo down the street, or uh, this is not metaphysical work. This is, you know, serious, grounded, uh, scientific work that we're undertaking. Uh, Free also has numerous other retired uh, academic professors. We have three PhD physicists, five PhD psychologists. We have a retired professor of neuroscience. We have uh, three medical doctors and ten. Uh, lay uh, non non uh, academic lay researchers as well. Now, um, what I want to highlight also very very important: free is not a ufology organization. <clears throat> we are not interested in nuts and bolts ufology, in reviewing photos, videos, or medals of UAPs, and we also believe that this approach of focusing on the physicality, the nuts and bolts uh, materialist approach. Um, uh, this approach has contributed uh, minimally to the understanding of this complex phenomenon. Instead, our focus is on the experiencer of the paranormal contact modalities. So it's on the experiencer, and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that. We believe that the experiencer is the key to understanding this complex phenomenon, because it's through their experiences that we can obtain data as to the complexities that these individuals are going through. Uh, unfortunately, previous to our study, no one ever undertook a comprehensive worldwide statistical and qualitative academic research on UAP contact experiencers. And incidentally, that's why a lot of people are just so skeptical of our research findings, because no one has ever done this before. <laughs> so they're telling me, are you telling me that most of these people are having positive experiences? Yes. Are you telling me that most of these experiences are actually non-physical? They're actually paranormal? Yes. 
are you telling me that all these people are being totally transformed for the positive and they're not being destroyed? You know, having to go to, to psychologists and therapists for the rest of their life? Yes, I'm telling you that. Well, why <laughs> are they so bewildered by this? Because the basic research was never done. Now, let me talk a little bit about uh, our freeze mission and defining the contact modalities, and then we can take a break for questions. Freeze mission. Okay. Free is, is a 501c3 non-for-profit academic research institute focused on researching what is consciousness. In other words, what is the nature of our reality? So that's our focus. By undertaking cross-comparative research on individuals that are having various types of contact with non-human intelligence via what we're calling the contact modalities. Now, the contact modalities are um, near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, uh, sightings and communication with ghosts and spirits, UFO contact, shamanic hallucinogenic journeys, mystical meditation, channeling, remote viewing, etc., etc., all the different ways that humans are piercing the veil and having contact with non-human intelligence, okay? We hypothesize that we are interacting with non-human intelligence via various paranormal modalities. And here's the key, that and that all of these contact modalities might be derived from one source and might be one phenomenon. Okay, And we believe, we hypothesize that consciousness is what unifies the contact modalities. Thus, we cannot continue to research all of these diverse different phenomena in a stovepipe fashion. The UFO folks will have to say, well, what does NDE have to do with it? What does OBEs have to do with it? What does remote viewing have to do with it? Okay, Same thing with all these other, uh, other arenas, the NDE folks. I, I went to an NDE... Uh, major conference that they had in Orlando several years ago, their national conference. Uh, everybody there was, was uh, totally clueless about the interrelationship between this, even though I identified more than 50 commonalities between them both. Uh, Dr. Bob Davis and I also made a presentation to the world's leading OBE organization, out-of-body experience organization. Okay. Again, almost no one really understood the relationship between, between uh, OBEs and with the UFO contact phenomenon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, so maybe we could take a break. Uh, I said a mouthful, and I said a lot of um, <laughs> uh, complex and, and complicated uh, <laughs> topics here. Well, we'll unpack it. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I really admire Free for, t for doing all the different uh, levels of uh, the modalities um, and I've, I've had all the above. So, and they are connected. They are related. Um, personally, I can speak for myself that when I had an a NDE, near-death experience, and then I had a, um, a, a, a uh, I was taken on board a mothership, and I had all these experiences that I was at the same place. I was at this realm where I was encountering guides or extraterrestrials and making decisions and shown parallel universes and multiverses and making decisions and and so I, I you're right you're on the right track <laughs> and then bringing in the entheogens um and 
I don't know what I'm saying. I should probably pass this to Sa- Dr. Lesson. Go ahead, Sasha. You say something. I'm going to get my. I'm going to gather my thoughts together because that was a lot of information. What would you like to ask Ray, and what comments do you have? Thank you. Yeah, that was a great exposition, Ray. Um, you know, uh, and that, that's basically the introduction. It, later on, I want to get into the data. Good, good, good. But I, I see that a, a whole lot of uh, the structure of uh, the universe that you, that you're creating is dimensionality is the key. What do you mean by yes, these yes. intersecting dimensions? What is that all about? Well, what what unifies all of these phenomena uh, is the whole issue of uh, manipulation of space-time. Okay. And uh, by definition, manipulation, manipulation of space-time is interdimensional. Okay. And we found out that that's one of the major components of UFO-related contact experiences. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I think... Uh, um, Janet has mentioned a couple of them herself. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go into some of that data later on, but I'll just give a couple of illustrations. But I'll go into the details later on. For example, we've had a whole multitude of individuals that were taken to other realities, what we call matrix realities, which is non-three-dimensional type of realities, okay, where you're not on Earth, you're not on the ground, you're not perceived not on another planet, but some other um, um, uh, interdimensional realities. Similar like a near-death experience, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. um, And also, just like a near-death experience, uh, people uh, are taken for very lengthy periods of time, but yet when they get returned, uh, no time has elapsed. That happened to me personally. So uh, I can can personally vouch for that. But, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, for example, my father had a near-death experience. He was, uh, he said he was uh, in heaven for 20 to 30 years. Why? Because his life review, okay, what, what God had shown him of all the good things that had happened to him and all the bad things, that he relived it, not only in his body, but the body of the other person. That took 20 to 30 years. But yet when he was returned, he was back to the, the heart bypass surgery. <laughs> which only lasted whatever it was, three or four hours. Um, when I had my out-of-body experience, I was taken to another reality. I was shown all the contact modalities. I was given information via downloads. And maybe how 20 minutes to 30 minutes had passed. But when I was returned back to the car in the middle of a traffic jam, it was uh, right uh, in the middle of this man talking about doing a documentary on um, on his liposuction and him doing uh, uh, sculptures with his art fat, uh, you know, art sculptures from his fat. <laughs> and it didn't even skip a beat, mm-hmm. you know. It was like uh, the interview was stopped. I was t- My consciousness was taken out and I was put back. These are just two illustrations of like hundreds and hundreds of documented uh, writings that we received from individuals showing a manipulation of space-time. This is... UFO-related type of contact experiences, not NDEs, okay? And um, so that's just um, an illustration of uh, what you just pointed out, uh, Sasha, you know, of the the manipulation of space-time. I had a client that um, had died in a motorcycle accident, and he was being put into the, the drawer at the morgue, and then he woke up. And between the accident and when he woke up in the morgue, 
he had an entire lifetime of like 90 to 100 years on another planet. <laughs> he came back with full recollection of what happened during that whole period. So uh, we really have to look at this. It's way outside of the box. And in order to see it all, we have to stop judging it and just allow the stories to flow. So we interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of people. We had a large conference in October with 65 presenters and been talking to all these experiencers of various kinds. We've got the Secret Space Program people are coming forth. I have a bunch of people that are time travelers. And then we have the normal experiences, which are the modalities that you're talking about. So this field just keeps growing and growing. And when you think you know it all, it just gets bigger and bigger. So back to you, Ray. I just wanted to interject that we, too, have encountered stories like that where all kinds of things happen on this realm while they're dead, so to speak. And then they come back and... And so, yeah, yeah. It's, time is different in the two zones, the two dimensions. Yeah. Well, um, how much time do we have before the break? Uh, we're we're at three thirty-two, so uh, the break's at fifty-six before the hour. So we have about thirty. Okay, minutes. great. So let me run this through, so people can get an Go understanding ahead. of what the actual research study is about. Okay. We asked uh, approximately 600 quantitative questions, either yes or no, or multiple fixed choice type of questions. We also um, uh, asked over 70 open-ended uh, written response questions. And um, um, we publicized the surveys to more than 500 Facebook sites, mainly UFO abduction and paranormal sites. We posted on the internet, on YouTube. We had over 200 radio interviews. Um, and we also had over 8,000 emails that we sent it to indivi uh, individuals in this, uh, these emails on a monthly basis. And uh, basically, if, if you've ever written a book on UFOs or abductions or the paranormal, um, you've, you've got that email. Uh, to all the MUFON folks, uh, roughly uh, the leadership, over 250 MUFON names that we sent it to. Um, um, so it was widely, widely circulated. Uh, certainly not the love and light crowd that Richard Dolan says that we sent it to. Okay, that's what he's arguing why he was biased. No, he only sent it to the love and light crowd. You know. Um, also, in in our uh, research study, we we asked individuals to respond to these questions, not uh, upon memory from hypnotic regressions or lucid dreams or channeling, but only upon conscious explicit memory. Uh, we also uh, conducted our surveys in several languages: English, Spanish, French. German and Slovak, and very soon it's going to be in Chinese. And um, um, the, uh, also, the, the, the surveys, we asked uh, a whole multitude of diverse topic areas, uh, which are many times not associated with ufology. For example, we had many, many questions associated with the family history of contact. For the actual contact experience, we uh, divided that into three categories. One was telepathic contact experiences. The other one was uh, contact via a 3D physical reality, for example, contact here on Earth in a UFO uh, craft or uh, under, under the ground or some other perceived 3D demand, uh, reality. And then the last one was uh, contact via a multidimensional matrix reality. We also uh, asked numerous questions regarding the psychic and the paranormal aspects of this phenomenon, and obviously we asked uh, questions about the nature of the non-human intelligence, the type, the physical appearance, 
whether it was positive, negative, neutral, you know, et cetera. We also asked numerous questions regarding the information that was received by non-human intelligence. We also asked, uh, again, numerous questions regarding the physical experiences uh, uh, by the, via the contact experiences. And then last but not least, uh, the psychological aspects of the contact experiences before, during, and after. And uh, so it was quite, quite comprehensive. Uh, we wound up, uh, and what I'm going to be talking for now on is just our English language survey. For the English language survey, we wound up with 4,145 responses for uh, the, the quantitative portion. For phase three, which is the qualitative portion, we received the uh, responses from 1,456 individuals. And this amounted to more than 10,000 pages of written responses. I mean, we're talking volumes and volumes and volumes of data. We spent nine months analyzing the data, okay? And that's the result of, um, of our book. Um, now, let's get into the important aspects here. We came up with four major findings. If you would ask me, Ray, what were the four major findings of this? You know, there are hundreds of... Ray, what were the ma four major findings? <laughs> the what four was that, major Ray? findings. Thank you very much for asking. Okay? Yes. You know, and I'm going to go through each of the details later on. Number one, this was overwhelmingly positive experiences. Okay? Toward, towards the end, towards the beginning, 38% of the people, almost 4 out of 10, viewed their experiences as mainly negative. Okay? But when we ask them now, how do you believe now? overwhelmingly positive. Number two, these experiences resulted in a positive transformation of the experiencer. Okay? Totally transformed for the positive. Number three, these experiences were primarily paranormal and psychic and not physical experiences. While there were physical experiences like seeing a being, seeing a craft, things of that sort, okay? the overwhelming number of the experiences that people were having were paranormal and psychic. And I'm sure you could, you know, you would agree with that based upon your experiences. Yeah. Also, and Sasha alluded to that a little bit earlier, these experiences involve a manipulation of space time. Okay? The, that the possibility that, that this phenomenon is much more complicated than just extraterrestrial. And that these experiences might actually be interdimensional. So those are the four primary um, findings. Um, let me go over specific categories here, okay? And if you want, you can, you know, interject, because uh, um, now I'm going to be going over specific details. You can stop and ask questions if you want, okay? Now, regarding okay. the actual UFOs, okay, the, the physical aspect of people seeing a perceived uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, okay? 76% of the people that took our surveys saw a UFO, okay? The other 24% were other family members, okay? So basically, within the family, almost everybody saw a UFO, okay? Uh, what we did is we grouped uh, all of our questions. We had a statistician, uh, Dr. Russell Scalpone, that, um, that reviewed our data and worked with us, okay? Um, and, and to see if our data was, uh, uh, was valid or not, okay? And then it was so valid that he wound up requesting to be a co-author on an article 
that we published uh, with Dr. Bob Davis and Dr. Rudy Shields and Dr. John Klimo with the journal Scientific Exploration, which is one of the world's leading academic uh, research journals that deals with the paranormal. Okay, so this is the PhD statistician. Now, uh, what we did is we grouped all the responses via uh, five major uh, country goats, uh, the USA, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and mainland Europe. Okay? And what we found was that how people responded to all of the 600 questions did not vary more than 10 percentage points. You, you see, Sasha? What does that demonstrate? Yeah. That the data was internally reliable. Why? Because you didn't have the folks in Canada answering totally different to the folks in the U.S. or Australia, etc. Okay? There was yeah. less than a 6% okay. variability internally mm -hmm. to all of these questions. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what we found out that, for, for example, I'll just give you a, a couple of illustrations, okay? Did it stay still or hover? Okay. It ranged from a high of 52% in the United States to Canada at 44%. See, 8% variability. Okay. Well, the question, were there multiple witnesses? Well, there was more than one witness that saw, you know, that object. Okay. It ranged from a high of 47% in the U.S. to Canada at 36%. Okay. Again, a 9% uh, range of variability. Okay. Um, so um, um, let, let's focus on, on other types of, um, of, of, of questions. Let's focus on the um, um, altogether 61% of the individuals had a witness to the sighting. Okay. We collected numerous data about uh, what this craft or odd perceived UFO looked like, how it moved, its size, its dimensions. Uh, interestingly enough, and again, Richard Dolan might not uh, find this too amusing, 54% of these individuals have called down to see a UFO. Again, David Jacobs might not find this too amusing, but 58% have deliberately called to see a non-human intelligence. Again, these are all indicative of this whole issue of, of David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins, of how these things are perceived. Okay? If you've got six out of ten people calling down to see a being, you know, or an intelligence, you know, that, that says a lot. Right. Now. So you're saying they were called down? Like, explain that a little bit. Like, like, like what, what is perceived CE5? You know, like CE5? Uh -huh. Oh, okay. They were calling CE5. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Now, uh, okay. now uh, doing this in your house, you know, like, for example, Reverend uh -huh. Michael Carter well, was praying Okay, because his leg was twice the size of the other one. He had been released by the hospital for having a blood clot. You know, he prayed, and he wanted to uh, to interact with the um, his angels. And lo and behold, the Palladium being showed up with the orb in his hand, opened his hand, the orb came out, went to his body, and he started shaking and vibrating. And when he looked down, the, the being had disappeared right in front of him. Uh, his leg was normal, with no pain. Okay, Ooh. that's just what I meant by requesting to see a non-human intelligence. Okay, my wife, she's done that many times, calling down to see a perceive, to see her angels. Okay, and they mm -hmm. showed up. Okay, um, now let's focus on on the, the the second category here, 
the issue of whether the contact experiences was positive, neutral, or negative. Okay, we asked over 40 questions to address this issue. So this just we knew that depending on how you asked it, you got different responses. Okay, so we asked it in many, many, many different ways. And again, this is uh, something that uh, Richard Dolan is going to have a very difficult time accepting. Okay, but again, this is 4,000 people that answered this way. Okay, this is not the 200 people that were uh, hypnotically regressed with leading questions in uh, David Jacobs' uh, living room. Okay, right. Okay, so we asked this question. How would you describe your experiences? Was it positive, negative, or neutral? Well, let's focus at positive, 66%. Neutral, 29%. Negative, only 5%. Okay? Bingo. Mm -hmm. Drop the mic, walk away. Okay? <laughs> well, see, that's one of the things I'd like to stop a little bit there. I get people that yeah. get so mad at me because I say, I didn't have all these negative experiences. Uh, but what we're finding is, and I don't know if you're examining this since these my lab's experiences, and often what people are finding is that once they have an experience with, um, uh, what I call it, extraterrestrial, uh, the other name, they, they end up getting a my lab's. Because the military, whoever they are, want to know what happened. What are you telling the aliens? Well, the, the, so I'll, I'll be getting into that, that a little bit later. But but um, okay. I don't want to be like okay. ju jumping the gun with the questions. Um, uh, but but uh, I can run these things through. We also asked this question. By the way, my labs were one out of every three abductions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, right there's hardcore data. Now, we also asked that question about the different types of beings. Okay. Well, we found out that the energy being was the number one type of being seen, not the short grace, the energy being at 56%. And by the way, only 7% viewed it as negative. The number two type of being was the human looking being at 51%. Only 5% viewed their experiences as negative. Okay. The short, evil, dreaded, short grays, three to four feet tall, were seen by 50% of these people. A lot of people. Okay. Only 11%, no, 10.5% viewed these experiences as negative with the short grades. Okay? You know how many people seen the short grades? A thousand one hundred people. Lot. Okay? Yeah. This is not a little sample of ten people. This is a thousand one hundred people. Almost almost a thousand one hundred. Okay? This is not uh, Well I've seen the short grades. They okay. tend to be like a delivery system or the worker bees. And the the ones when I see them they're accompanied by other yeah, taller grays. Or yeah, well, giant we'll get into that gray. later on. Yeah. 59%, mm -hmm. uh, almost 6 out of 10 of the people had encounters with short gray stated that their experience was neutral. Okay? Um, now, the ghosts in the spirit form were 47%. Again, only 7% was negative. The tall grays now, 5 to 9 feet tall, okay, were seen by 33% of the people. And only 12, 11 and a half percent saw their experiences as negative. Now, here's uh, put a little highlight to this here: the evil, dreaded reptilian. Okay, the kind that will rape your spouse and eat your child. Okay, they were mm -hmm. encountered by 25 percent, one fourth of the people. I think it was close to 440 people had reptilian experiences. Okay. Now, only. 23% viewed their experiences as negative. Okay. But when we went to phase three, 
which is our qualitative instrument, where people wrote down the details of their experiences. We read the people that had these reptilian experiences, and we got to see why the 23% stated that it was negative. The reason why was because of the ontological shock, as Dr. John Knox states it. It was the physicality of this being, okay? All of a sudden, right in front of you stands an eight-foot-tall, 500-pound being that's a, a, a muscle-bound, like a bodybuilder, with a crocodile head and a long tail, and you're going to be shitting in the pants, okay? Mm-hmm. And if that's the only experience you have, just that one experience, you're going to be traumatized for the rest of your life, okay? So, same thing with the short grades. The most traumatized people are the people that had one or two experiences. And it's mainly the people that woke up, they were paralyzed, and they're being examined, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the only experience you had, then you're going to be part of that small group that, that sees their experiences as mainly negative, okay? But what happens is that over time, just like with the sweeper, you know, initially these experiences were negative, especially with the short grades, because you're frightened. But then over time, you have additional experiences with these short grades or other types of beings, okay? And then they become more positive, okay? So um, um, the, um, the insectoid, you know, the mantid beings was 21%. It was uh, 10% viewed it as negative, okay? Uh, the reptilians, by the way, 60% viewed it as neutral, okay? Now, another question that we asked, if you could stop your ET contact experiences, would you, okay? So if this was J- David Jacobs or Richard Dolan answering this, what would they say? If you could stop your ET contact experiences, would you, okay? 99.9% would say, yes, stop it. That's what Richard Dolan would right. say. The so-called uh, expert researcher on this phenomenon, okay? But no. Mm-hmm. 84% of the people said no. Keep it coming. Uh, you, Don't make it you, stop. Uh, you know what? It, it, it becomes apparent to me that we should extend our sympathies to uh, uh, to, uh, to Richard and uh, and to the, the, uh, the they're afraid of uh, things and uh, we can sympathize with that. <laughs> They're yeah, afraid what, what of, it is is uh, that, um, yeah, yeah what, there's twofold response to that. One is that Dolan is a materialist, okay? Mm-hmm. He has a difficult time accepting experiencers, especially the paranormal aspects of the phenomenon. He'll accept a physical being in front of him, a physical gray or something like that, you know? Um, so, so that's, but, but not uh, the uh, paranormal things. Why? Because he's a materialist, okay? Uh, you know, you can't put it in a, in a test tube and experiment with it, then it's not real, okay? The second thing is that um, uh, most of ufology, as you know, came up with this, um, uh, with this mindset of abduction research, you know, David Jacobs, Bud Hopkins, because uh, uh, mm-hmm. they saturated the whole field for, for the first 30 right. years, okay? And so uh, that, that's all they know, okay? That's all they know. Um, rarely... You know, do, do you have people like Leo Sprinkle invited to these major conferences or these major radio shows? They appear, but not anywhere near at the level of uh, Hopkins and, and, uh, and, and Jacob. Well, Leo, Leo retired for a while there, and he wasn't doing anything. I got him one time, but he said, I'm, I'm retired, and I'm not. So he, I didn't get to <laughs> well, see him at UFO Congress one year, but maybe he's coming yeah, back yeah. out again because he really needs to. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, no. Leo was actually part of our board and for three years, and then he had to retire. He says, Ray, you're working me to death, you know? And uh, and he was, uh, uh, goodness, I think at that time he was like 89 years old, you know? Well, here's another question that we ask. Do you believe that ETs, non-human intelligence, are bad, malevolent, or evil? Okay? 91% said mm-hmm. no. Okay? So, um, overall, uh, only 5.3% stated that their experiences were mainly negative. 84% do not want their experiences to stop. Um, only 9.7% believe that non-human intelligence are bad or malevolent. Okay? And... Um, uh, 62% have stated that non-human intelligence have tried to help them. 71% feel an expanded consciousness in their presence. 76% have felt love from this non-human intelligence. Okay. Now, let's start the topic of uh, transformation. I know the break is coming up very soon. But um, uh, the second... Oh, I just wanted to add one something real quick about the... Yeah. Uh, one, one, one thing. The reptilian telepathic um, vibratory frequency is much more intense than the other species and that's why some people are fearful that's what i discovered in my research because it's it's pure they don't have any filters they they're a totally transparent race and they know everything that everybody thinks while even with the grays there's a little bit of filtering and that's why it's not as intense the people who encounter that some people like uh, guards that work with with reptilians will drop over dead because the frequency is so intense anyway that's just a little... Okay. The, the, the last thing yeah. is um, we borrowed close to 60 questions from um, a book of Dr. Kenneth Ling. He's uh, probably the world's leading academic researcher on near-death experiences. Uh, he was a professor mm-hmm. at the University of Connecticut for many, many, many years. He's now retired. And the book is titled The Omega Project. And uh, that's one of the few statistical research studies on abduction experiences. And what he did is he compared... 74 individuals that had NDEs with 97 individuals that had uh, ET abduction experiences. And uh, we borrowed the questions that dealt with how did these people change after these experiences. So the major finding, the second major finding is that contact resulted in a positive transformation of the experiencer. <clears throat> we asked this question, did your ET contact experience change your life in a negative Neutral or positive way, and if so, how much? And the responses were highly positive, slightly positive, neutral, slightly negative, and highly negative, okay? What we found out was that highly negative was only 4%. Slightly negative was only 6%. So the negative category was just 10%, okay? But when we looked at positive change, highly positive was 51%. Slightly positive was 72%. So you had 73% of the people saying that they were changed for the positive. Huge numbers. And then the neutral was a very large number, was 17%. So the negative aspect of it, uh, highly, you know, mainly negative, was just 4%. That's it. Okay. Um, the, uh, we also um, uh, we asked approximately 50 questions. And the questions range from, did that attitude that we asked strongly increase or strongly decrease? Okay. And it had uh, strongly increased, increased somewhat, had not changed, decreased somewhat, or strongly decreased. Now, let's look at the categories of strongly increased, okay? Again, this is over 75% for all of the ones that I'm going to tell you. My desire to help others, my compassion for others, 
my appreciation of the ordinary things of life, my sensitivity to the suffering of others, my concern with spiritual matters, my desire to achieve a higher consciousness, my appreciation of nature, my spiritual feelings, my concern with the welfare of the planet Earth, my understanding of what life is all about, my personal sense of purpose in life, my concern with ecological matters. All of that is strongly increased. Now, let's take a look at what decreased, okay? What has strongly decreased? My concern wait, wait, with material. A, uh, this is exactly the same as any spiritual experience could give you the exact same results. Yes, exactly, exactly. And we have to take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes, five minutes. I'm back, everybody. See you in five. will give you those truths when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in network you'll know just what to do we will draw you in and become your news addiction at event horizons join us monday through friday from 10 a.m to noon eastern time at freedomslips.com at revolution radio our world team members are dennis fetcho john Ilias, david dunger hyla cass md melanie richton jim mars paula harris john trallo maria Payan, christopher husser d-o-d-d-s jonathan orchard and me your anchor dr robin falco not to volunteer it will not be held against you in any way sounds dangerous it is very dangerous count me in that's right here revolution radio freedomslips.com where information never sleeps your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. 
Over three gigs of survival documents and how-tos. Plus, the USDA offline food preservation website and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a megavirus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands? So when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? Phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP-proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. A visiting Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth-dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone! Or you would be! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious that you're so sick at heart that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. Got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right, you tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio!
every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomsteps.com, the people station. Do you or someone you know suffer from poor circulation, shortness of breath, or chest pains? Are you looking for a more natural solution to help overcome these problems? People tell us that after just a few months taking Extendivite, their doctors have noticed unexplainable improvements in their overall health. For more information, visit heartdrop.com or call 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. And tell them Nighthawk sent you, because if you call this number and tell them Nighthawk sent you, you'll get $5 off your first order at ExtendedBite.com. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Aloha and welcome back to the Sacred Ma- yeah, Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio. And I'm Janet Care Listen with Dr. Sasha Alex Listen. And our producer is Thomas Becker. And our guest is Ray Hernandez from Free Organization. But before we get back to our show, I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to that donation button on revolution.radio and make your donation. We really appreciate your donations. That's what keeps these shows on air. And a mad painter, Thomas Becker, how are we doing? It's the 20th of the month. How are we doing? Uh, we, we, need, we, need, we need 24, 15. We got 15, 59, and we got, what, 10 days to go. So please donate. Please donate. Please, please, please. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Sasha, before you guys bring back Ray, you have something to say. Yes, you know, if you should meet a, an, an alien uh, on the way to work tomorrow, just look for the common ground. Empathize. Let your heart be open to this other being and uh, and feel your oneness uh, with that being, and uh, you'll learn something. You certainly will. <laughs> well, that takes racism to another level. What are we going to do when we start interacting with extraterrestrials? And that's one of the things I heard is that one of the reasons they're not contacting humanity is because we're so divisive. We're so uh, rejecting, projecting, and demonizing people of different race, color, creeds, etc. But uh, let's go back to you, Ray. What have you found out? Uh, are we are we heading into positive? Oh, we've got more statistics. Go ahead. I forgot where left yeah, off. The, 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 the last you, section Ray. is what decreased of the person, okay? Uh-huh. Um, they're concerned with material things in life. Their interest in organized religion, my competitive tendencies, my fear of death, my desire to become well-known or famous, all of this significantly decreased. So um, what, what you have is a, a total transformation of the individual. Between 73 to 85% of the, of the responses to the different questions 
um, underwent a profound psychological profile change for the positive. Okay? So my point on this is that uh, if they're doing this to experiences, let them do it to the rest of the world. Okay? This will totally eliminate war, totally eliminate divisions, totally eliminate racism. Okay? Uh, uh, people total uh, atheistic without any concern with your fellow brethren all of a sudden become more loving, compassionate. So, again, this is documented from thousands of people. Let the ET touch everybody, okay? That's my perspective. And that's what the well, data reveals. Well, yeah, some people want contact. Do you have any uh, recommendations for people to invite contact into their life? And Well... That type of thing. What a lot of people do is just like in the CE5, like uh, I, I call, I prefer the term uh, HICE, HICE, human initiated contact experiences. Um, and uh, because I try to take it outside of the uf ufological realm, okay, because these are all, um, you know, uh, multi dimensional uh, spiritual aspects of it. Uh, you can meditate, you can pray, mm -hmm. okay. Um, all the, so many people we've had in our survey that have prayed to be healed, and all of a sudden, you know, non-human intelligence appeared and healed them. Now, let me get into the, the next other major finding, and that is that contact with non-human intelligence is primarily a paranormal psychic experience and not primarily a physical experience, unlike David Jacobs and Bud Hopkins, okay, mm -hmm. and Richard Dolan. Um the UAP contact experiences is primarily not a, a physical material phenomenon. Instead, it's overwhelming paranormal and psychic. Dr. Jacques Vallée, Dr. Alan Hynek, Dr. John Mack, okay, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, and so many others hypothesized more than 30 years ago. So this is not something that we came up with, okay? But unlike Vallée, Hynek, or Mack, three has actually confirmed this hypothesis with actual confirmational data. Okay. Now, the following are going to be various types of, uh, of statistics and data uh, that confirms this. 95% okay. of these experiences have had paranormal experiences in their home. 80% of the individuals have had out-of-body experiences. 37% have had near-death experiences. 50% have had medical healings. Okay? Um, Mm -hmm. Again, number, I mean, unbelievable. 80% OBEs, 37% have had NDEs. Medical healings, uh, 50%. Okay. Telepathic communication, 78%. Being brought to a matrix reality, 50%. Having past life memory, for example, memory of your consciousness in a previous life, 66%. Uh, have seen what is, is, can be described as a ghost or a spirit, 76%. We're talking huge numbers now, right? Okay. You know, 76%, mm -hmm. 78%, 80%. Okay. Have memories of visiting what might be called heaven or the spirit world, 46%. Have seen small colored orbs, not in a photo, but physically small colored orbs, 67%. Have had objects mysteriously appear right in front of them or disappear, 25%. Those are called eight ports. Have material objects ever fallen or suddenly moved around you or other members of your family without any reasonable explanation, 
61%. Can you see energy auras around people? 74%. Okay. Um, 76% have seen a ghost or a spirit. 67% have a past life memory. 49% have had their body out in space, like leaving planet Earth. We're not, we're not of every two people. Okay? Huge numbers. 47% have met and conversed with a ghost, a deceased person. Again, almost one out of every two people. 45% have visited, as I said before, the spirit world. And 29% have channeled a non-human intelligence. Okay? 60% have repeatedly experienced objects moving around their home. 47% have seen what can be considered shadow people in their homes, which are beings that look like cloudy human-like uh, that shriek across their homes. 40% have physically seen an orb, and 66% of these were in their homes. 46% saw an orb go through a wall, an object such as a wall. 82% believe that these orbs are actually conscious living beings. Okay, so as you can see, it's primarily paranormal and psychic phenomena. Okay? Now, mm -hmm. um, in our book, Chapter 6, uh, we have a chapter titled Medical Healings Reported by UAP Contact Experiencers, an analysis of the free data. And that was written by Dr. Joseph Burks, a retired medical doctor, and Preston Dennett. And again, that's very important uh, to illustrate that. Now, what some of the audience members might know or might not know is that in the last century, in the 20th century, humans killed other fellow, more than 100 million fellow humans. You know what that is? We killed more than 100 million other humans. But yet the ETs healed 50% of the people that responded to our surveys. Okay? And uh, George mm -hmm. Collin, one of his uh, very famous uh, uh, lectures, uh, you know, comedy shows, he, he goes, and then we wonder why a UFO won't just land and say hello. You know? Right, there's right. an answer right there. We're, we're freaking barbarians. In, information right. received by... Yes, yeah, information received by non-human intelligence. Okay. Uh, almost 1,800 individuals um, have received information. Um, 1, uh, I'm sorry, 1,800 people have... Um, no, I'm, let me backtrack. 80% of the people that took our surveys have received information from non-human intelligence. Okay. Um, so the information received. 75% said that the information was in their native language. 60% said that the ETs gave them a reassuring message. Again, very, very important. 54% said that the ETs gave them a spiritual message. Do you hear that, Richard Dalton? Okay. This is not love and light. Uh, you know, it's, of the people, okay, gave them a you, spiritual it's just, it, it, it's like the perception of, of that in the past is what makes it also happen uh, in the present. Like, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if people listening to this show tonight or in their day uh, dreams will see a, a, and communicate with a beloved ancestor who has passed away who has a good message for them. So don't be surprised if an ancestor... Yes, be exactly. ready for it's it. all interrelated. Okay. 
And Richard's new wife is very spiritual. I wonder what kind of influence she has on him. I talked to her in Contact Desert last year, and she's wonderful. Okay, well, she's got a lot of work to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Did the ETs give you a message of love or of oneness? 54%. Did the ETs express to you concern about humanity's behavior? Why in the fuck we killed 100 million uh, humans last century? 45% mm-hmm. said yes. They told me about, they're concerned about human behavior. Okay? Do you believe right. that you possess information about advanced technology, physics, scientific information that you have never learned before, never know how the hell you got that information? 42%. Okay? Um, did the ETs give you an environmental message? 39%. Um, the e- ah, yeah, also very important. Did the ETs give you any message about God or a creator? 31%. Did the ETs ever tell you about the concept of a parable, parallel universe or multi-universe? 31%. Okay? Again, this is not love and light, uh, Richard Dolan. Did the ETs give you information about the death process, about life after death or the spirit world? 30% of the individual stated that this non-human intelligence told them about the death process, okay? About the concept of time, 30%. Life after physical death, 29%. What is your mission here on Earth, 29%, okay? Did the ETs actually tell you where they are from, 27%. And go on and on on, reincarnation. Did the ETs tell you a message about reincarnation? 26%, 26%, one out of every four people, okay? The ETs tell you that you have an agreement with them, 26%, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, now let's go to another topic, which is um, uh, the abductions phenomenon, physical experiences, okay? We asked this question, have uh, you had an ET contact but have no conscious recollection of ever being abducted? Okay, so in other words, you've had contact but no abduction. 68% of the people said, yes, I've had ET contact, but no abduction. So that means that all of these so-called abduction researchers have missed two-thirds of the people. Okay? Yeah. The people that have never been abducted. Like in my case, I was never abducted. Okay? Mm-hmm. But yet, I've, I've uh, right in my living room, I saw an energy being. I've seen uh, UFOs. I've had all these paranormal experiences. Okay? I, I'm, I'm an experiencer. And vice versa is 34%. Okay. Excuse me, 32%. 32% of the people have had an abduction. Now, relating to to, to this uh, abduction, okay, Um, let me uh, skip a little bit here. Okay. The individuals that have been uh, abducted once or twice only those are the people that had the most negative experiences, okay? The more experiences you had and the more abductions, the more contact experiences, the more positive it became, okay? The vast majority of individuals have had more than 10 types of, of perceived experiences, contact experiences, okay? For abductions, there were a total of 489 cases out of these almost 4,000 cases that were abductions. Only 10% of the cases stated that they've had an abduction, okay? Um, Out of those 30% of these 489, 30% were my lab cases, okay? 
uh, we also ask this question. How would you describe your first few and your last few contact experiences with the non-human intelligence? Okay. Now, we had five different selections. <clears throat> Let's start with uh, the most positive kind. It was a case of being a conscious contactee, an egalitarian, equal relationship. Okay. The first few experiences, 19.6%, 20% said that. But later on in their last experiences, the last few contact experiences, that went up to 35%, 50% increase. The next category, you are not an abductee, but a contactee, or you're being treated with respect and understanding. That didn't change too much. That remained at 35% for the first few experiences, and 35% for the last few. So in other words, we've got here 70% of individuals have stated that they are contactees and not abductees, okay? Now let's start with the most negative kind. It was a case of abduction of the most negative kind, okay? 18.3%. But then, that was the first few experiences. But then, now, their last few contact experiences that went all the way down from 18% to 8%. It was a 10% reduction. So now only 8% viewed their experiences as abduction of the most negative kind. Okay? The other category was it was a case of abduction, but of a milder kind, a slightly more caring kind. So it was still an abduction, but milder, they cared, they cared more. Okay? That was 18.5% for the first few experiences, and that went down to 13%. Okay? And then the last, uh, the middle category was, is when it was an abduction, but they sought my permission. They tr uh, treated me in a humane and a compassionate way. And that started at 8.7%, uh, almost 9%, and that didn't change. It stayed at 8.7%. So in other words, if we would add this uh, abduction of the seeking permission, they treated me in a humane and a compassionate way. Together with the other categories that uh, they were a contactee, we have almost 80% of the people, okay? So 80% of these individuals view themselves as contactees and not abductees, okay? Now, the, uh, as I mentioned before, remember I went through all the different types of beings, how many of them were negative, you know? Uh, the other thing that mm -hmm. we saw was that the vast majority of individuals had numerous contact experiences. 40% of these individuals have had more than 20 contact experiences. Okay, 40%, more than 20. 6% had between 11 and 20. Another 8% had between 8 to 10. And 5 to 7% uh, was, uh, uh, 5 to 7 times were 10%. Okay, and only one time was 14%. And uh, so it's within that one time, these are the people mainly that view these experiences as negative. Because the more experiences you had, the more positive it became. Just like Whitley Schreiber. You know, he had his first initial mm -hmm. experience, you know, with the anal probes and all that stuff that was horrific, you know. And now he's like, he, he's playing to see them again, to communicate with them, you know. And it's become deeply spiritual. Right. Yep. Now, um, let me see. Um, uh, let's go into the next category, which is, um, I'll, I'll skip that, experiences uh, in a UFO craft. Because uh, I want to talk about some other things here. Let's talk about contact in a matrix reality. Right? Yes. As I said before, we had uh, abduction cases was 489 cases. But the people that were brought to a matrix reality, 
which can be considered an abduction, but a lot of people see themselves, their experiences were overwhelmingly positive. 749 people were brought to a matrix reality. What do you mean by a matrix? Define matrix reality. It's sort of like a a non-three-dimensional reality, similar to like a near-death experience, okay? Where it's not on Earth, it's not on the ground, it's not in the UFO craft, okay? It's not in a perceived, you know, 3D reality, okay? But it's, it's, it's in this uh, um, uh, sort of like a, a Jodie Foster's picture, the, the uh, contact. I mean, you guys have seen mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah. Where, where she was brought in front of this created reality. Her father was there holographically. And, um, you know, she knew she wasn't on Earth, okay? It was these types of scenarios, okay? So, you know, right. almost double the number of people that have been abducted. For the people that have been brought aboard a UFO craft, there's 402 people, okay? So as you can see, again, this manipulation of space-time is much, much more prevalent than these physical type of experiences, okay? Um, and uh, uh, the other thing is, um, um, within the... the the UFO craft, okay? Um, the short rays were not the number one type of being that we're seeing. Sorry to bust your bubble there, uh, David Jacobs, okay? But it's actually the human-looking beings. That was the number one type of beings, okay? Um, out of the individuals that actually, uh, it was out of these um, 749 people that were brought to matrix reality, 584 individuals actually had contact with non-human intelligence. Okay, and out of those, the number one type of being that were encountered were the human-looking beings. Okay, thirty-six um, percent were spirit-looking beings, you know, holographic type of formations, and thirty-eight percent were other. And even the short grays got in, and the tall grays. Twenty-one percent were the short grays in this matrix reality, and fifteen percent of the tall grays. Okay, uh, in this matrix reality, seventy-five percent said that their senses were much more vivid than, than usual. 56% said that their thoughts were sped up. 54% stated that they felt united or one with the world. And amazingly, 49% stated that in this reality, time stopped or it was significantly slowed down. Like, I, like we discussed early in the show. Okay? 38% stated that they suddenly seemed to understand everything about the universe. Okay. So, clearly, this is what, what, what thousands of people are going through that took our surveys. Um, in the matrix reality, two-thirds of these individuals said that their consciousness was separated from their body. So that means they, they didn't physically go there. They went through their spirit. 83% stated that this experience was very real. Just as real or normal as speaking with a family member next to you. Okay, 393 individuals said that they were brought to a council of different types of beings. 198 of these individuals were actually brought to the council to a council meeting, comprised of different types of non-human intelligence. Okay. Now let's get into a very important topic: spirituality and spirit world experiences. Again, uh, Richard Dolan would say this is all that we administered our surveys to the love and light crowd. Okay. But yet, you know, almost 500 people had abduction experiences, and uh, close to 2,000 people have, uh, uh, 80% of the people have seen UFOs in our survey. So, again, this is the love and light crowd, okay? 
you know, I, I would also mm -hmm. uh, like to say that I, I don't think that love and light are uh, derogatory terms. I'm, I'm proud to uh, uh, be of love and be of light. Oh, yes, of course. They're extremely positive terms. Yeah, me too. But, but, but the other side uses, uses it in a derogatory tone, okay? When, when everything well, is their problem. light and, and <laughs> yes, and what people get returned from an NDE was the primary message God tells them. It's a four-letter word. Love. That's all you need. You don't need money. Yeah. You don't need ego. You don't need to be famous. You don't need to be in a specific religion. All you need is love. Okay? That's the vast majority of people that have had NDEs that when they get returned. Okay? So, anyway, getting back to this topic. Okay? 97... Now, this is what the people believe. Not what, the, what they were told by non-human intelligence. 90% of the people that took our surveys believe that non-human intelligence can travel to other dimensions. 91% believe that there's some sort of a grand plan in motion and that experiences are all part of. 89% believe that there is a connection between non-human intelligence and the paranormal. You see, they get it, the experiences, not Richard Dolan. 82% okay? believe that there is a connection between non-human intelligence and the spirit world. Okay. 82% believe that non-human intelligence can travel to the past and to the future. 75% believe that there is a connection between non-human intelligence and reincarnation. Okay? Now we're, we're getting into the metaphysical side of things here. 45% have reached an agreement with non-human intelligence. 38% believe that non-human intelligence can be called modern angels. 30% agreed to be taken aboard a craft, okay? Now, what these entities told the individual, the experiencer, 31% were given a message about God. 30% were told by non-human intelligence about the death process, about the spirit world. 28% told them where they were from. 26% were given a message about reincarnation. 25% were given uh, information about their mission here on Earth. 25% were shown how to do energy work. Why do you think so many NDE experiences and so many UFO contact experiences are Reiki healers? Okay, huge numbers. If we go to these conferences, mm -hmm. it's like one out of every three people does Reiki healing. Why? Because 25% of these individuals were shown how to do energy work. 25% were told that at one time they, in fact, were an ET or non-human intelligence. 24% were told about their past lives, okay? Now, let's take a look at some of the commonalities between near-death experiences um, and UFO-related contact experiences. Again, this is just a few of the commonalities, but they're literally, you know, they're close to 100, okay? Number one, manipulation of space-time. Number two, transported to a matrix reality. I'm not going to number them. I'm just going to read them off, okay? OBEs are coming okay. to both types of experiences. Communication takes place telepathically, okay? When have you heard, you know, non-human intelligence, UFO-related, uh, they're physically talking with their mouths? No. Almost all the ones that I have uh, read in our study, it's all telepathically, just like a near-death experience. The three major type of uh, beings... In an NDE, our spirit being, human-looking, okay, and, uh, and energy beings, okay? Those are three of the four of UFO contact experiences, okay? 
the energy being, the human looking, and the ghost of spirits. Coincidence that they share three, uh, three out of the four? No. Uh, in both groups, people are given information about the future and the past in a visual format. Okay? Both groups have had thousands of medical healing cases. Both groups become weekly healers or energy healers. Electrical equipment malfunctions in close proximity for both groups. Many return with precognition abilities. Damon Brinkley talks about all of his friends coming over to his house to bet on, uh, on the football games on Sunday. Okay? Same thing with UFO contact experience, precognition abilities. Many learn how to do channeling. Many have had telepathic communications. Okay? Uh, both were given information about God, reincarnation, the spirit world, the mission on Earth, and tons of other commonalities. That's just to give people an idea of the, of the interrelationship between the contact modalities. Okay. Um, as I said before, our, our new book is titled Beyond Your Voice, The Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. And you could uh, purchase it, um, a physical hard copy, and a Kindle version on Amazon. Um, the Kindle version, just for the next, uh, towards the end of the month, is only uh, $9.95. Okay? So uh, take opportunity to, to, to purchase that on Amazon, Beyond UFOs. Now, a couple of things. Future research projects, okay? Um, I stated, as I stated before, we hypothesize, uh, just like the late Dr. Mitchell repeatedly stated, okay? Uh, he stated that, Ray, the experiencer of contact with non-human intelligence is the key that will open the door towards understanding what is the relationship between what is consciousness, in other words, between what is the nature of our reality and contact with non-human intelligence. Once the necessary cross-comparative research has been undertaken among the various contact modalities, okay? In other words, understanding the experiences of UFO contact, of NDE contact, okay? Of uh, out-of-body spiritual contact, of, of uh, hallucinogenic somatic journeys, of channeling, of remote viewing. Uh, we need to be able to do significant um, research studies of the experiences of these phenomena. And then what we need to do is to cross-compare what are their similarities, and what are their differences. So once we undertake these uh, cross-comparative uh, research, then we'll be able to find numerous commonalities that will be derived that are shared by many of these experiences. And these common variables identified from these experiences can then be utilized to develop a viable hypothesis for a possible unification theory of consciousness and contact with non-human intelligence. But unfortunately, we just don't have the resources or the funding to be able to undertake that very complex task. But at least what we did for the UFO contact phenomena, we established a baseline, uh, minimum uh, statistical research on this phenomenon. Now, our next projects, we've got two new projects, okay? One is uh, a documentary and a two-volume book, and both are tentatively titled Beyond Materialism, the Science of Consciousness and Contact with Non-Human Intelligence. So beyond materialism, why that top? Because this is beyond our material reality, okay? This is, deals with multidimensional aspects of our reality, just like quantum physics. Quantum physics is outside of space-time, okay? Now, the book will, have a, will be a two-volume book, 
it will have approximately 30 authors, 15 for each volume. Roughly half will be PhD academics or medical doctors. Um, the other will be lay researchers. And we will be discussing their opinions, their hypotheses on this particular question. What is the relationship between consciousness, our cosmology, and contact with non-human intelligence via the contact modalities? Uh, we are going to be presenting different theories from authors in diverse fields, uh, psychology, physics, astrophysics, medical doctors, neuroscience, philosophy, and we will be exploring this additional question. Is there a possible unification theory of the paranormal contact modalities, i.e., are all of the contact modalities interrelated? Okay, so it'll be a hypothetical book. Now, nonetheless, even though all these individuals are quite diverse and they come from different fields, what the commonality that we all share is all of these authors have a belief that consciousness is indeed non-local, which means that our consciousness might exist outside of our physical body and even after death. Okay? And um, in terms of our book, um, uh, our book is a, will be a historic attempt, we think, is the first time ever that anyone has collected um, numerous uh, geniuses that are able to present um, hypothetical uh, uh, writings that might be able to explain that this phenomenon might be one phenomenon. But uh, they've uh, internally have discussed these topics among themselves. Like, for example, Dean Raider. You know, uh, he's going to be working on this project. He's told me, hey, we discuss these things among ourselves but we never dare to put these things in writing, okay? Because we're barely oh. able to handle, you know, what is ESP, you know? Let alone um, the unification of these paranormal contact modalities, but he has that hypothesis as well, okay? Now, let me leave, leave you with a couple of quotes, okay? Uh, one is by the late Dr. John Mack, okay? Uh, who stated in his book, Passport to the Cosmos, which everyone needs to purchase and thoroughly digest. Um, he quotes and he states, people know their experiences and what they have undergone does not fit with the prevailing mechanistic worldview. Large percentages of people seem to know there is an unseen world or hidden dimensions of reality. Again, that's the late Dr. John Mack. Okay? Dr. J. Allen Hynek, the father of modern ufology, stated, I hold it entirely possible that a technology exists which encompasses both the physical and the psychic, the mental and the material. You hear that, Richard Dolan? The UFO <laughs> phenomenon is so strange and foreign to our daily terrestrial mode of thought. Okay? Now, um, another one, Dr. Jacques Vallée. Okay? Again, I, who I personally consider the world's leading ufologist. Uh, no comparison with him now. Okay? Uh, Valet stated, my personal contention is that the phenomenon is the result of an intelligence that is technologically directed by an intelligence, and that this intelligence is capable of manipulating space-time in ways that we don't understand. Do you hear that, Mr. Dolan? able to manipulate space-time. You can't put this in a test tube. Okay. Valet also states, the essential conclusion I'm tending to is 
is that the origin of the phenomena of the intelligence is not necessarily extraterrestrial. I think we're dealing with something that is both technological and psychic and seems to be able to manipulate other dimensions. This is neither wishful thinking nor personal speculation on my part. It's a conclusion that comes from interviewing critical witnesses and then listening to what they have to say. In other words, from the experiencer. Just like the members of our organization and Dr. Edgar Mitchell has stated for the last 40 years. Okay? The experiencer is the key. Now, a couple of other food for thoughts here. Okay? What if I told you that our reality is a computer simulation? Okay? Right now, we have literally hundreds of PhD physicists and astrophysicists, including a Nobel Prize winner in physics, that are holding out the hypothesis that we live in a simulated reality. Okay? That um, right. just like the, the movie The Matrix. Okay? And, um, um, and, and then there are numerous other multiverse, multidimensional theories that are out there. Um, Edgar Mitchell proposed the quantum hologram theory of consciousness, which is a mechanism to explain um, the concept of, uh, of the Akashic records, the information storage mechanisms of our device. Rupert Sheldrake has talked about this in terms of uh, uh, morphic fields and morphic re uh, uh, resonance. Edgar was the first one to talk about that. Um, so um, that's just food for thought for your audience members. Um, in terms of just how complex this phenomenon is. And one item I want to leave your, your audience members with is that anyone that goes to these lecture circuits and acts like they've got all the answers, that person is totally clueless, okay? Uh, Edgar told me numerous times, he says, Ray, and again, this is the man that started the Institute for Noetic Sciences to deal with psychic paranormal phenomenon, and he's the one that, uh, that started... Uh, one of the co-founders for free to deal with the UFO contact. He was one of the fathers of the modern disclosure movement. And he is also one of the co-founders of Eternia, which is an NDE research organization. So in other words, Edgar knew the interrelationship of all this phenomenon. And what he told me was, Ray, we know the equivalent of one grain of sand in an entire beach. Okay? And my response was, and that's just one beach insinuating and that's just and that's just one universe that's now imagine when universe. we add the multiverse to that okay when we add the multiverse to that we know nothing this phenomenon is so extremely complex okay so that's the the end of my presentation wow okay such questions comments okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so obviously that you, there must be some kind of uh, uh, dynamic between uh, uh, both uh, the material and the non-material. We have to look at our tendency to polarize as a way of uh, embracing the entire dimension. And that, that's sort of what, what I see what you, the experiencers and your organization have done. And it comes to the larger thing from my perspective is to respect people's phenomenological uh, uh, reaction to their, uh, uh, to their existence and, to, and in the terms they use, symbol the way they symbol it. 
and uh, and to allow it fluidity beyond the categories that we're used to dealing with. Anytime we categorize, what we have to know is what's the opposite of uh, whatever we're siding with, and what and how do they interact in a field? That's what I would say. Yeah, is that we're we're using twenty um, first century conceptual tools to categorize things when we have the faintest idea of what this phenomenon is all about. We can't really categorize it, you know. Um, like Jacques Vallée mm -hmm. said, you know, there's there's manipulation of space time that's taking place with uh, the vast majority of these experiencers, but we just do not understand space time just like we don't understand, you know, quantum physics. You know, no one has been able to explain entitlement theory, you know. Um, so it's, um, uh, it's just uh, the science has not caught up with the multi-dimensional aspects of our reality and the experiencers that are, uh, have been blessed, they've been blessed to have been exposed to this multi-dimensional reality. Instead of being traumatized and shocked that, uh, as David Jacobs states, he's never met someone with a positive experience, okay? Uh, what, what our data shows is that, that these people admit to themselves that they've been blessed. They've been positively transformed by these experiences. David wow. won't listen yeah. to anybody with positive experiences. We've gone up to him at conferences, and he just won't listen. He just says we're all delusional. Anybody's had a positive experience is delusional. He's he's hilarious. I don't know. Did you go up to him at that one? Were you at the one conference he was at at the UFO conference? Anyway, he's he's in his little world, and that's okay. But uh, it's not what's really going on for it's, uh, many other the, people. The, now the, the yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Now the way I look at it, it's um um. Maybe both of you, or maybe Sasha, uh, recalls a very, very famous book uh, that was published, I believe, in 1960 or 61. Um, it was in the social sciences, very, very prominent. <clears throat> it was titled The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I remember that, yes. Yeah, you remember that, right? Okay. The, the oh, yeah. Right you got to wake the old dark guys off for it before anything can happen. Yeah. And, and so what this was, um, uh, it was very, very prominent, became very, very famous because it talks about how, um, uh, how the evolution of, uh, of paradigms are established, okay? And mm -hmm. it specifically talked about the paradigm of, of science, how it got established, slowly but slowly. And what it was was that the old dinosaurs would die out and the new, um, the new scientists and the new information you know, got uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, got revealed and presented, but you had to wait till the old dinosaurs to die out. Okay, what it is is that um, um, you know I believe that our work is establishing a new paradigm. Okay, and the new paradigm is that all of these paranormal contact experiences are all interrelated, and the key to be able to understand these interrelationship is that it involves a manipulation of space time. And that, in turn, involves um, the, the whole aspects of the multidimensional aspects of, of, of cosmology and quantum physics, which we just don't understand, okay? And so, you know, we can no longer just view this as a materialist uh, approach of, of ufology, you know, just a view of UFOs and nuts and bolts and viewing saucers and pictures and things like that. No, this is so, so much more 
complicated. So I think what we have done via our research study is to establish a new paradigm. But just like any new paradigm that's being established, it's uh, first of all, it's not understood, and it's highly criticized. And it's a long evolution to be able to, to uh, get acceptance for that new paradigm. And um, uh, so that's what I think is, uh, is, is what is taking place. And for these individuals, it, it's like um, you know, you're, you're having um, um, someone that's in, uh, um, um, uh, from the medieval times doing um, 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 what do they call it, chemistry of, of turning uh, um, um, uh, metals into gold, uh, what do you call it, alchemist? Alchemy. 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 You have an yeah. alchemy scientist, okay? And then you have now, on the other hand, you know, a real chemist being trained in, in real chemistry. And so, you know, you're not going to convince that alchemist, you know, uh, of that new reality. So with these folks, I just don't, don't bother to, to waste my time. And I really do not really want to bother with ufology per se, because, uh, you know, the field of ufology is, is a dead paradigm. We really need to get into uh, other arenas, you know, of, of, of spirituality, uh, of, of um, uh, other modes of concepts of viewing uh, uh, what, what is taking place. So, um, you know, I've got my, my, my work cut out uh, ahead of me uh, because even within mm-hmm. these established paradigms, people don't understand it and they're not accepting it. You know, within the UFO folks, within the NDE folks, or the out-of-body space folks, even within the, uh, the parapsychology field, okay? The whole parapsychology field will not um, uh, accept the concepts of, of, of UFOs. Why? Because it's still considered a taboo topic. Even though these people are talking about NDEs, remote viewing, you know, the et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, uh, well, I, we, we I, have no need for um, our work. I found that uh, the Dr. Michael Newton Institute actually, you know, did the life between lives and regressions into, you know, where you go when you die. And, and he encountered yeah. the extraterrestrial phenomenon. So he had a crossover. Now, the other part that we're looking at uh, are the people that are coming through and talking about time travel, teleportation, and the secret space program. And that seems to be another you know, branch of this field. And when you start getting into those things, we're starting to get explanation about you know, what's going on with quantum physics. How are they traveling? Um, so space travel, if you're using technology, appears to be time travel as well. And so these people are um, coming forth and explaining what's going on there. And some of them have negative experiences because they're in, like, the secret space program. But then as they get exposed to the same phenomenon, the longer you're exposed with it, the more you, you experience it and then you reflect upon it, you come out the other side and you become very evolved and conscious. So it seems like even negative experiences can lead to the transformation that accelerates the, the progression into higher levels of consciousness and a, an awakening, even though they start out extremely negative, even with the, whatever cosmology they're looking at, whatever paradigm they're looking at, like the secret space program, a lot of the people, I was abducted, I was taken into the 20 and back program, uh, they didn't ask me, but eventually they get to the point where I gave permission and I volunteered and I, on some soul level, they wanted to be part of these experiences. What are you finding in that arena? Well, Anything similar like that? Uh, uh, we, we did not have one person that talked about the secret space program at all in their writings. 
Um, so it must be a, a very, very small group of people that are having these experiences. Uh, but in terms of all the other stuff, you know, in terms of uh, being brought back and forth in time, um, a lot of people have had these types of experiences. Uh, being brought to a matrix reality um, where it was a previous reincarnation, for example, previous time, previous life. Um, so they got to see themselves in a previous reincarnation. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So a, a lot of these concepts that you've just told me, yes, we've seen them, but in terms of the, the secret uh, space program uh, component of it, uh, uh, we have not encountered that. Well, what we're finding is once we start talking about it, then more people come forth and say, that's happened to me too. So, you know, it, it took like uh, Corey Good and uh, Andrew Bishago and a few others to come forth. And I know Andy started about 10, 15 years ago. But since it's like something has broken forth. And now I must have 25 secret space program people I've been interviewing. And it, it's just phenomenal. So I don't know. Maybe once you get one, they'll start coming forth. Or, you know, if you've had some experiences in the secret space program, please go to free and talk to them. Because... This is an aspect that, uh, and, and it's using the secret space program involves time travel as well. So this is a part that needs to be added to this research. And you're getting all the statistics. And I like to interview people. So if you want to come out of the closet, contact us at Aquarian Radio at Gmail, and we'd love to interview. But no, I don't want anybody that wasn't, you know, if you're not ready to come out of the closet and talk about it, that's a whole other level. And some people talk about it, and then they go, oh, I wish I hadn't talked about it. So be very sure you want to talk about it. Because it does, it does change your world. But even that, talking about it, it seems that people, that once they come out of the closet and they even talk about it publicly, they, they go through a period where, you know, uh, but then they eventually are like, wow, I'm so ecstatic now. It's like they're free. They're free of the, the negative matrix, and they're able to, they're getting accepted. Gradually, but they are getting accepted. So, we're, so you've got all this research coming in the documentary. When, when are we going to see some of these things come forth? Uh, any time frame? Any projection? Well, for the um, the, the the book, we're looking at uh, early fall um, for the the publication of that book. Um, we'll probably release uh, volume one first, and then towards. Um, towards, um, you know, Christmas, that type of thing. Three or four months later, we'll have the second volume of the book. In terms of our uh, documentary, uh, within a couple of weeks, we're going to be traveling to Alabama to interview Dr. Raymond Moody. Um, and then from there, we're going to go to Louisiana to um, interview um, Dr. Um, Jeffrey Long. And, uh, and Dr. Long uh, is... Um, uh, um, a medical doctor that has uh, researched mm -hmm. the MD phenomenon again for more than 20 years. And he's uh, probably the only individual that has maintained a statistical research study of both uh, MDE and OBE experiencers for many, many, many years. He's got are you thousands be, and thousands. Are you going to yes. be the interviewer? Yes. Are yes, you conducting? Correct. Oh, cool. So we're going to see you do this wonderful uh, we only have like two minutes so you're and gonna be doing gonna the be interviews are you to uh, to Laughlin Laughlin uh -huh. Nevada that's gonna be our next uh, uh -huh. uh, major conference the UFO Megacon conference 
And it's going to be the first time that Mary Rodwell and Rudy Shield and myself are going to be together. Um, so we can finally meet each other as a group. And, um, and there we're going to be um, interviewing various individuals in the uh, uh, Las Vegas area. And then we're going to go to Tucson, Arizona to interview PhD physicist Dr. Claude Swanson and um, PhD psychologist Dr. Gary Schwartz, um, who is a tenured faculty member in the Department of Psychology at Harvard. And now he's at Arizona. And over the last 20 years, he's been uh, studying uh, mediumship. He has his own laboratory at the university. So, um, uh, so uh, after we finish all these series of interviews, we also interviewed Dean Radin and, and various other uh, PhD academics. We, um, I won't go into the whole list of individuals, but once we've got wow. that, then, then, then we could do cutting and pasting. That's great. That, it's sort exciting. of like what? Remember the picture of the movie documentary What the Bleep? Okay. Yes. So like what the it's going to be yeah. What the Bleep on steroids talking about non human intelligence. <laughs> and that's the end of our show. Uh, thank, thank you. Ray. Thank you, Mad Painter Thomas. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Sasha. Aloha. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener-sponsored and commercial-free, but there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information 
never sleeps. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country was founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics, only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This